Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off in a new direction, um, play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Benton Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in. Oh, that's a great stop from Vicario. And Kurosevsky rolls it in. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the show for the first time, and where have you been? We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter, at last word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram, too. Joining me on this show, before we introduce the wonderful guest we've got with us, I've got my main man back alongside me. Of course, he's the crazy training strategy conductor, the runner. Mr. Lee McQueen's in the house. Lee, looking more and more brown every time we see you with that tan, mate. It's going well in Spain, I can see. It's going well. I'm still in España. But yeah, no, all good, mate. Thank you. Still in Spain. Uh, so thanks for having me back on, and I cannot wait to get into it. I think it's fair to say the last time we had this man on, he was manning what was, a, in the most polite way I said, it's a real hotline for trying to save Spurs fans. And I, just to give you some context behind that, Darren was last on, I think, a day after we lost to Arsenal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium under Antonio Conte, in which the mood, I don't think, could fit, have felt much lower than that moment in time. And it's fair to say what we're fast-forwarding, what a good six, seven, eight, nine months. It feels like a lot longer. It does feel like a lot longer. And the mood is lifted. The clouds are slowly, slowly, I would say, what, breezing away into the horizon. And there's this beaming sunshine coming through. And look, I mean, why can't we be excited at the moment? I'm delighted to welcome back to Last Word on Spurs, the Daily Mirror's very own assistant editor. We've got the wonderful Darren Lewis back on Last Word on Spurs. Dow, it's always a pleasure. 
Uh, even you're smiling. How are you, firstly? How are you, firstly? I'm really well. I'm really well. I'm, to be honest with you, I was even more uh, pleased to see that performance at the weekend as well. Um, I've got to say, no real surprise because I've been following you guys and uh, following preseason from afar. And I know that they're playing really well out there. But um, I, I just love, I'll tell you what, here's my starter for 10 for all of, of I can see some of the comments coming in already. Um, and Tango, I'm definitely not a gooner. Don't worry about that. Um, but um, <laughs> a starter for 10 for everybody. Is this the fastest? Spurs fans have ever taken to a Tottenham manager because I, I can't remember the impact being this big uh, I, I, so fast. And I, and also, just very quickly, I, I almost wonder, because all of you know how big a, a Conti fan I was. And we've, you know, we've had a few debates and a few emotions have been running high on social media and whatnot. But I almost wonder if Ange is a better fit for... Spurs than Conte was because with Conte and uh, with Mourinho, um, uh, it almost was if like they'd come in with their big CV and they were trying to get Spurs to their level. Whereas Conte, uh, Postacoglu wants to prove himself and he wants players around him that have proved themselves. And it's a bit more. It's in keeping with 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 all of you guys as fans. You know, you just want someone who wants to come in and be themselves and be honest and, and communicate. And his communication skills are fantastic. Keeps it real. Um, knows that there are big doubters and all of that. But it, I I think he's such a good fit for the club. And I hope this isn't a flash in the pan like that first win you had under Nuno at home. Oh, no. And then it kind of went down. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. I think we're still getting counselling for it now. <laughs> it feels so different to that though Darren doesn't it Ricky it's, it's, there's definitely something completely different. I think you're literally bang on the money and to answer your question for me it was a weird moment actually when um, when Tottenham or the board appointed um, Scott Munn I, I tweeted cheekily tweeted that incoming Ange Postacoglu and it was the first time anyone had ever linked Ange to our football club and it was obviously a cheeky tweet that I put out there obviously became right. So I've become tier one. I think I'm called tier one now. That one, I think because, because of my predictions, but, but, but the, from the moment he's walked through the door, he is just literally sweeping everybody up with him in this, in this mm. project management phase of just being a good bloke, a good mm. mate, you know, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. that, it's, and it's yeah. his whole attitude. And what, I, what I'm loving about the recruitment I'm seeing as well. And I know that, Don Paratici is uh, Paratici is still working behind the scenes like in a consultative role. What I'm loving about it is it's a more data-driven approach. They're bringing players in that actually fit a system that that, that we need. And you know we're crying out for a lock picker, Rick, weren't we? That I think we were talking about this before with you, Dan. Not we need now. a lock picker. And yep. look at James Madison. I mean, he's come in and we're absolute just fitted in like a glove in, in, into into the role. And, um, you know, even the likes of Mickey van der Ven as well. I know it's only two games. He's only 22 years old. But again, looking at players that actually fit a system and the way that we want to play. And I think it just goes to show that regardless of the Tottenham way, and even if that exists, and if we win trophies and all the Wara trophies and all the grief that we get from other clubs, the fact of the matter is that you have to play a, a certain way because we are Tottenham Hotspur. And the previous three managers didn't do that. And Ange Postacoglu is absolutely doing that. And I don't even think we've seen a quarter of it yet, let alone the half of it and the rest of it. No, I think I have to come in there very, very quickly. I think Ali, bless him on his latest video, I think he said we were, what, 25% into what could potentially become Tottenham under Ange Postacoglu. Oh, did he say that? Yeah, 25%. I think that, that, excite, that excitement of the fact that we're only just at the start and the fact that what we've just seen in the space of, what, 189 minutes, if you combine 
both the Brentford and United game is really, really exciting. But the things I did say this, I mean, I've kind of got almost a personal affiliation with the man now, only because my wife, bless her, I've been with her for, since 1967, who's Greek Cypriot. And obviously, I've got two kids. And now it has become full circle that not only will I marry a Greek, Spurs would get a Greek in charge. <laughs> and I fully believe Spurs are going to win something with a Greek in charge. So that is what's definitely going to happen. And the man I see him, he's in Cockfosters now, bless him, already at the uh, very, very well-known Desiree, for those that I know live around Cockfosters area. Very nice Greek restaurant. So keep feeding Ange the good stuff because we've got a lot <laughs> to come. So on a personal level, 100%, if it's not going to work under this man, then I think we should all give up and go home because um, there's already just that sentiment there that he just, you know what, doubt. And if you've seen from the previous managers that have been at Tottenham, no disrespect to Conte and Mourinho that have won everything there is to win in the game. I think it was just so important to have somebody there that wants to be there and mm. can actually sense for them this for them is maybe their biggest chance in football. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way to Ange Postacoglu. He's travelled the world and he's finally reached the summit of the Premier League. He's reached a club that, you know, are kind of renowned for playing a brand of football that he absolutely adores and loves. And in terms of a match, I don't think you could get a better match in terms of football, in terms of what he wants to play and what Spurs are about when you look at their DNA, if I can use that word. I know Daniel has used that before. But it's just a real sense that I think now that, this is finally the man. And we've tried, no disrespect, you know, maybe eights or nines out of tens, but we've finally got someone that wants to be there. And again, there's that lovely moment, which we saw against Man United after the game, where he just stood in the centre circle. He looked up, he looked round, he just thought, wow, this is, it's unbelievable. And he probably just thinks, this is just, like we just said, it's just the start. And I think that's the most exciting thing. So that kind of leads me on to that first question to you, Dow, is what have you made of his impact? The four-year contract... <laughs> Don't scare us now. Or do you think <laughs> how excited should we be for the future now from what you've seen in this last 190 minutes or so? Well, the thing is about Postecoglou is that everywhere he's gone, people have initially doubted him. He had doubts when he was the Australia manager, he had doubts at Celtic. Um, and it, he's managed to answer them back in the best way. And I think and, and and the key word is respect because he's managed to win respect. I remember when he first went to Celtic and there were some people who weren't having him. They didn't know who he was. Uh, and some you guys know it's a little bit we have this problem in English football where if we don't know who the manager is, we've never heard of him, then suddenly we look down our noses rather than actually taking the time to understand what he's done and why he's got a job. And if you look at Celtic, they were undefeated all season at home. They played a fantastic brand of football. And I think why he's a good fit for Spurs is because Spurs fans have come a long way since the days when they'd take the lead against a team and you'd start celebrating and then you're like, stop, stop, it's too early, it's too early. You know? um, and nor do Spurs fans, I think, want to be in a situation where they're cowering in fear against the superior quality of the opposition. And I, I'm not going to be wise after the event because last season I came on here and I would say, look, I think you're playing the way you're playing, which was defensive. And yeah, it was horrible, but you had to play that way because defensively you were so bad. Uh, Eric Dyer was never a centre-half uh, and it, he never will be. He's a midfielder and he loves playing at centre-half, but he's not a centre-half. And you conceded so many goals there. You've got Van der Ven in here, there. And, you know, Van der Ven reminds me a lot of when Toby Alderweireld came in alongside Jan Vertonghen and oh, made him yeah, a better yeah. player and yeah. added organisation and leadership to that back line. I love Destiny Udogi. The loan spells done him, the power are good. 
opinions quite split on Poro because I think there were a few moments on Saturday where Poro tried to do a few things that maybe not his wheelhouse in terms of stepping into midfield and maybe trying passes that he didn't need to when he could have kept it simple. But essentially, if he does keep it simple, he's a good player. But that back five has been crying out, crying out for that kind of surgery that you've performed on there. And now, surprise, surprise, you look better. Vicario's making saves. Hugo Lloris couldn't. The last two seasons, he's, he's just, we love him, but he's just not been good enough. And then you've got that energy in front of the back four as well, Saar and Bissouma. Um, and there is, you know, and I would put my hands up, you know how much I love Conti, but the fact that he wasn't playing Bissouma, I'm, I'm staggered at that. Um, but just going back to, we, we talk, talk about the rest of the team in a sec. Just going back to Postecoglou, I think that he gives Spurs fans a sense of pride because he, he says, no, I'm not going to cower in fear. I'm going to puff my chest out and I'm going to take the game to the opposition. And I'm not going to worry about them. I'm going to let them worry about us. And that's what you've wanted to see. And so many of my Spurs mates have said to me, you know, I would rather have a manager that didn't win as many games, but played better football. Um, and I've been incredulous at that because how do you want a manager who doesn't win the whole purpose is you know going to the ground paying the money is to what win football matches but you know so many Spurs fans have said to me no I just don't want to watch us scraping a one nil win cowering with five across the back and three across the midfield and you know relying on Harry Kane's goals to bail us out and so yeah for that reason and with something to prove the team puffing his chest out and taking the game to the opposition and the surgery that you've performed, because all of it worked. He hasn't just come and waved the magic wand. The finance has been put into the club. The decisions have been made. You've moved players on, and it all comes together to make what you've got at the weekend. I think he's going to be fantastic for the club. And I think you, you if you go down in any given game, you'll go down fighting. And I still just very quickly think that there is more to come in terms of the market. He knows the Asian market very, very well. I'll be very interested to see if he brings in one or two with a bit of X factor in the last couple of weeks of the window. Yeah, it's, it's interesting actually. Are you are you like some of your Spurs mates and like well, like we've been down? Are you, are you surprised how quickly the players seem to have adapted to his style of football? Uh, it's it's really been on a matter of weeks, really. Um, you know, when you consider the break over the summer, the I suppose the disjointed really the the tour we're talking in the green room, weren't we, about the kind of the preseason tour quite disjointed he's only really had what four games two pre-season and two um uh you know Premier League games and mm. I mean literally watching this team every single week like 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 we do like all of the viewers and listeners do it is literally completely different to to, to last season and we're all here for it so I'm just wondering are you surprised how quick it's changed um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I think a big part of it is that um, he, he's playing players to their strengths rather than coming in with a different system and trying to get players to adapt to that. And I think the players are benefiting from that. Um, I still don't think that Richarlison is uh, where... where he, I know you're going to talk about him a little, a little bit later. Son still seems to be a little bit off it. Um, and again, we can talk about him a bit later because uh, it's quite ironic. The three best players, arguably, in the team are not where they would normally be. And I think, um, but in terms of the preseason, I think he's come in there and he's worked primarily on man management 
rather than tactics. And I think that's the reason why I'm not surprised that it started as well as it has, because he's come in and you could see already that he's got a good relationship with the players on, a, on, a, on an individual basis. I don't want to say human basis, that's that pretentious stuff that some of the other men, but he's got a good relationship with the pl- players. And it reminds me a little bit of when Poch was at the club and he had a good relationship with players. Dele Alli, for example, has never been as good as he was in that first few seasons under Pochettino because he, he talked to him, he, he understood him. And Dele said that himself, hasn't he? Um, he really... Uh, saw him as a bit of a father figure and I think that's what it is I think it's man management his Conti clearly has the far superior CV but I think the better man management it would appear is Postacoglu and he's just somebody who's come in with a simplicity of tactics wanting to get players out who aren't up to it gives players a chance like Bissouma the ones who get the chance and don't take it like Ndombele they're on the way out um and so I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised. Good managers do that. I mean, Basuma just quickly touched upon him. I know we'll come on to him a bit later. Sorry, Rick. But, I mean, guy's been absolutely magnificent. I mean, this is the guy that we bought from Brighton. And when you think about Brighton, just got to big him up again. My sister's season to go at Brighton, by the way. She's probably don't watch this, but, you know, <laughs> my big sister, happy days. Um, You know, they've just sold Casado, who was basically Basuma's replacement right and they've got somebody else in they've called so say the 115 million they sold Basuma t- to us for 30 million plus five million add-ons whatever and they've still got players coming through yet Basuma is just I mean he was absolutely unplayable I thought on on Saturday and against Brentford as well I thought he's brilliant he's been superb under this manager hasn't he he really has I mean like I say it's early days so I think that there is Whatever we saw at the weekend, there's more to come from him. But he's got that confidence. It was a really good piece by Graham Souness in the um, in one of the papers at the weekend when he was saying sometimes we put players into a box. They've either they're either defensive or they're attacking defenders, midfielders into a box. They're either defensive or attacking. But really, the best midfielders can do a bit of everything. They've got that discipline, but they can get forward. They can supplement attacks. They can score goals. Um, and it looks to be a bit of that in Bissouma. We get in the, you're getting, I said we, you're getting the, the, the Bissouma that you thought you were getting when Spurs paid 25 million for him. You've got that. But you get that when a player gets in, when a manager gets into a player's head and makes him believe that he has faith in him and says, look, you work for me, you put that graft in. If you're disciplined, I'll give you the game time. And he's got that SAR as well. Uh, he got nowhere near it, didn't he, when with it last season? And suddenly he looks like the kind of player where if at this stage of the season you'd seen him playing abroad and saw there was interest in him, you'd get quite excited because you'd yeah. say, this looks like the kind of player you should have at the football club. And you've got both of them potentially working in tandem. Um, and I'll be a little bit controversial here, uh, but you know I me, mean? I, I don't mean it might be controversial. Heiberg was a very good player for you, is a very good player. But the word was coming out at the start of the summer. And, and you know, if he, if he wants to come out and maybe um, contend with this, and fair enough. But the word appeared to be that he was disillusioned at the club. I don't blame him for that, you know, because it had been a horrific season last season. Um, but maybe that, that it might be a good time with his contract situation. I think he's in his last two years. Maybe it might be a good That's time. Right, yeah, two because, to go. Two to go, yeah. You know, I, I think what you've needed in that Spurs midfield is energy. 
and the ability to get forward, come back, defend, and also youth as well. And Pochettino, the interesting thing is Pochettino liked young players as well. He didn't like older players. When he came in, didn't he? He moved a lot of older players out and wanted to work with a young squad. He's doing a very similar thing at Chelsea. And in many respects, you know, it, it might be that the likes of Hoiberg and one or two others who are survivors from the old regime, maybe you need that clear out. Um, I think they're probably about, I would say, six players that you probably could do with moving on and just having a new era under Postacoglu. He looks like he's going to give you guys a hell of a time and a lot of value for your season ticket. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. Crackers here with your Legend Event update. Thursday the 14th of September at Mumbai Square near Liverpool Street Station. The one and only Alan Brazil is appearing. That's with a two-course meal. And VIP options. Please go to CloseEncounter.Events for your tickets. Friday the 15th of September, Dartford FC in Kent. Alan Mullery and Pat Jennings. H2OLegendEvents.co.uk for your ticket needs there. Friday the 29th of September at Worcestershire County Cricket Club. The one and only Brazilian legend Sandro is appearing. Please go to at Mr. Prattle on the socials to see the poster and further details on your tickets and how to get those. Finally, Friday, October the 13th, Camberley Heath Golf Club, echo61.co.uk, have the one and only Chrissy Waddle appearing. That comes with a free course meal and a fantastic old night out. So there you go, your update all done. Come on, you Spurs. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The last time you was on here, I think it's fair to say that a lot of the topic was around Daniel Levy, the board, yeah. the hierarchy. And that still was, I've got to say, a dominant subject on last one Spurs. That still doesn't go away, despite, I think, as Lee said, despite the fact we've had a really, really good start to the season. Naturally, there will still be a lot of questions asked about the Spurs board. And essentially, there's still decisions that have to be made at the top, which I know many are still unhappy about. But given the fact that we know, obviously, Scott Munn came in during the summer, the new chief footballing officer, we're still yet to get an actual start date from him as to when he's going to, uh, actually start the role, but offensively, he has been since the last couple of games. 
I'm intrigued to know from you what you make of that when you fully may start and also potentially if Spurs are still caught in that director of football role. So I'll let you answer that as I do the uh, mad dash and see you in a couple of minutes. <laughs> All right. See you in a sec, mate. Um, look, the last time I was on, uh, I, I gave, uh, and don't worry, we'll hold the thought for you, Rick. Um, uh, the last time I was on, uh, I know a lot of Spurs fans agree- disagreed with me defending Daniel Levy, really, because um, the, all the talk was about the defender Bastoni at Inter Milan because you were crying out for that left-sided centre-half and he hadn't been brought in. Um, and they had tried to get him, but he didn't want to come. And my feeling was you couldn't blame Daniel Levy for that because they'd been trying and he would have cost a lot of money. Um, but he just didn't want to come. And there were one or two others um, that wanted to come, but sorry, that, that the club were trying to sign, but they didn't want to come either. So yeah, it was like the Bastoni, it, and the Guardiola's, and he's obviously gone to Man City now, and he exactly. Guardiola, for example, and that sort of thing. Exactly. Um, so, but now... They've gone out and they've spent that £43 million pounds on Van der Ven. They've spent that £40 million pounds on uh, James Madison. Uh, and and Saar is turning out to be an outstanding signing uh, for you, it, or, or turning out to have the potential to be an outstanding signing with Bissouma. Udogi, the move to send him out on loan. Great, great move. Poro, £40 million. Pounds. I mean, if you think about him, Van der Ven and Madison, that's £120 million pounds worth of a player there. So the idea that the club don't want to spend, they they do, but they were a little bit unlucky last summer with, with the players that they were trying to target. And now they're getting that luck now. Um, Scott Munn doesn't start for a while yet, but I know that the, the chief scout, uh, Gabonini, uh, Leonardo Gabonini, uh, Andrew Postacoglu is working. He's got a good working relationship with him. Um, and when that's the case, and I know that um, Paratici is kind of that he's consulting uh, and advising, and he's, he's um, still around, if you like. Yeah. Um, but I think the joined up thinking at the club is really helping the club because nobody's coming in without Postacoglu say so. And I know that lots of people want to go. You know, the club are still bringing in players that the club want. But I think as well, as they've been saying to the trust, they've had a few tickles on players that haven't worked out and they've learned their lesson as far as that's concerned. Jed Spence isn't anywhere near it. He wasn't under Conte. He doesn't look as though he's got the capability to be a good Premier League player. He's a very, very good championship player. But maybe he's just one of those just not able to make that step up in he's class. Played, he, Darren, to be fair, he needs to play somewhere. You know, you yeah. look at some of the, you look at some of these players. They need to go and play. It's interesting you mentioned about you know Postecoglou has the the, the signings, the big say in the signings. He made a really big point about it in one of his press conferences. I think in the preseason when he talks about James Madison, it was very much. I, 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 when he was talking about, I brought him in, I wanted him in, you know, it was was very clear that he's his own man in that way, which I thought was really encouraging, like to, uh, again, to dispel some of the myth that you were just talking about before about, oh, the club's still making them signings. I mean, I think James Madison's an easy one because most of the viewers and listeners will probably agree that we've wanted James Madison for a long, long time. We could see that he is the sort of player that would fit like a glove, as I said earlier, in the Tottenham side. That's exactly what he's done. So the fact that um, Ange Postacoglu actually wanted him, because there was rumours, and you might know this more more than us, but there was big rumours that Conte didn't want James Madison at the club. And it's Mm. like, wow, really? You didn't want to play Mm. with this guy? And this is is the thing that, you know, you... 
I'll always admit to be this a Conti fan, but there were things, and, and even I would have to put my hands up and say there were things that he had a very different way of playing. He was he had a very authoritarian managerial style. He had a very different approach in terms of players that he thought fitted that style. I'll be very interested to see where, whether, for example, Ivan Perisic has a long-term future under Postecoglou, um, or as long as he has had under uh, Conte. He's a good player, good professional, but Postecoglou prefers younger players, and, and so it'd be interested to see whether or not he, he stays. Um, is Mrs. All right, by the way, Ricky? We know your missus is the boss, so just like mine, to be fair. So, oh, we can't. Hear you. You're muted, Rick. You're muted. We can't even hear you, mate. Now's just done that. They thought she cut the sound. Don't worry. I say, happy life, happy life. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's, that's um, the motto, guys. Honestly, anyone struggling with that, make sure hundred <laughs> percent. We're talking about no. some of the signings and stuff, Dan. If I if I go on a little bit from from here, so just coming back round. We're talking some about some of the signings. We've recently completed the deals that we mentioned before uh, for the Netherlands under twenty one defender Mickey Van der Ven, Argentinian under twenty forward. Uh, I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, Alajo Vilez, a Spurs mm-hmm. signed Van der Ven, twenty two from uh, who's twenty two from Wolfsburg for uh, what initial thirty four million pounds, which could rise to up to forty three as you mentioned before. Uh, Vilez nineteen joined us from Rosario Central around thirteen million. Both really, really young. You look at James Madison that we've just talked about. Ashley Phillips has come in. He's a, he's a, he's a youngster, a high potential from Blackburn. Obviously, a talent goalkeeper, Vicario, uh, has come into the side and I thought was magnificent. I'm not even joking. I thought he was magnificent on Saturday. Um, and Manor Solomon as well. Yes, he came in as a free, but again, doing some nutmegs and some, fil- some filthy tricks against Manchester United, in my opinion, on Saturday. All really just underpinning what you were just saying there, Darren, about Postacoglu like young, exciting, almost project-based, if I can say that, players that are coming in. They're again, very reticent of Potocino when he first came in to, to really look at them them younger players and, and bringing that, that core uh, of them players through. I mean, I think with Poch, you had the likes of Deli Ali, who was very young. You had the likes of obviously Harry Kane breaking through as well. You look at um style of managers that have always kind of suited Tottenham Hotspur. You look like Glenn Hoddle, of course, but you look at the likes of Terry Venables, an arm around the shoulder man, Harry Redknapp, an arm around the shoulder man, a Potocino, arm around the shoulder man, a Martin Yol. An arm around a shoulder, man. Is that you know? And it's and it's kind of that. that there you go. Like the people that you know, we, we got to a cup final with him, uh, or, or cup semi final with him, FA Cup in terms of George Graham and that type of stuff. But very disciplinarian, uh, Jose disciplinarian, Conte disciplinarian, like all of these sorts of things. It, it kind of just lends itself. You know, I'm banging about about behaviours and attitude and competency. But this is what it's about. It's about a fit. And Ange Postacoglu just feels like it's a fit for the football club. And the young players is coming in with no baggage, if you like, with Tottenham, no no Warra trophies. It's just, right, let's go. This is what we're going to do. Have you been surprised or impressed with the transfer business so far um, this yeah, summer, Darren? Definitely have, um, because it's been really decisive. Uh, it's been business that you've need to needed to do in areas that you needed the business. Vicario coming in terrific signing I think the performance against Man United is so important you know to get off to a good start 
uh, sure. with good performances in it because then it, that that it puts everyone in a good place uh, to build on. But he looks a very good shot stopper. The save that he pulled off, remind me who it was from. Uh, high Casemiro. Casemiro. Unbelievable. Unbelievable save. In the first, what was it, eight minutes or whatever from, from Rashford. And yeah. I remember I was, I was watching it with my boys. They know because they're watching tonight. I was watching it here in Spain with them. And they're like, oh, Vicario, we need him. I was like, have a look at that back. It was an unbelievable save with his mm. foot. From, from Rashford. I think he made two or three superb saves. Can I be really um, controversial as well? I, I know that you guys were in for David Raya, right? I am staggered that Raya has chosen to go and sit on the bench yeah. and fight for a place rather than come to a club like a Spurs where he could play regular first team football behind a new back line um, and be part of rebuilding a team. And honestly, I, I'm st- why you have to question the ambition of any player who'd be prepared to go to a club and sit on the bench, knowing that you're behind an England international and somebody who helped to challenge for the title last season, um, and is no slouch. Rather than go somewhere where you there is a gaping hole in goal, um, so I'm very surprised by that. I've got to say. Um, is your understanding, then, Darren, just to interact with you there, is your understanding, then, Darren, that, that Ray, it was on Raya not to come? Because I, because our understanding is that, from the club's perspective, that they wouldn't want to pay the £40 million. And I find what? it absolutely weird that he's gone to Arsenal on loan as a homegrown player for £3 million quid with an obligation to buy uh, for 27 on top of the £3 million. So, So Brentford haven't even sold him for £40 million, which they wanted... With us, they've actually sold him for thirty million, and that's only based on appearances. And as you say, he's sitting behind an England international that he might not even get twenty-five appearances and get that obligation anyway. It's, it's, it sounds to me like they did the deal for financial fair play, but I don't know. Is your understanding that he didn't want to come to Spurs? That's good, but I think it's a combination of all of those things. I mean, I think he was very overpriced, but that's a personal view. You know, I, I have no compunction about saying so. He's a good keeper. Is he a forty million pound goalkeeper? I'm not so sure. Um, I, I think that, that there is a there are, as we all know, and everyone listening to this, a lot of overpriced players floating around in the Premier League at the moment. He's a very good goalkeeper. Is if I don't think he's a forty million pound goalkeeper. I think as far as uh, the other reasons that you suggest, I think there was a combination of all those things. I thought if he were leaving Brentford that he was going to leave permanently. The terms of the deal, I have to be diplomatic and careful, but they fascinate me. Yeah. And, and I'll just yeah, leave, yeah. Them, leave, leave it Very well, I've got to put it. Um, I think, uh, in, just to, to go back on what you were saying before about the business, the business has been good because there's been joined up thinking, partly because there's been a lot of pressure, but there was pressure when you sold Gareth Bale to Real Madrid as well. And I think that the, the, the business was all too fast. It wasn't well thought out. Whereas I think there's been a lot more thought go into this. I think you've got a young squad that can grow together. Um, and I'm really particularly glad that with Kane having gone, and you guys knew he was going, I saw a lot of stuff about, oh my goodness, who do they go out and, you know, they've got to make the right decision about who they go now and replace Kane. And, how can they sell Kane on the eve of the season when the club has always known what the situation is? Postacoglu's always known what the situation is. And the, the, the transfer strategy has always been around 
bringing in a number of players rather than just going at and either a bringing in somebody who might think I'm doing Spurs a favor here. I'm coming in with my big CV and my big body of work. And, you know, if they don't give me the money, I'm not going to come. And if they do, it's going to be, do you know what I mean? You don't yeah, want yeah, to be totally. beholden yeah. to a player in that way. You want a player to come in and be hungry to prove themselves. And in some ways, maybe Richarlison having work to do to prove himself to this club of grafters with everyone else grafting around you is a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. he's got to yeah. get to your level rather than you going out and thinking, oh my goodness, we're so glad to have this striker. But what if he wants to leave us again? I think it, the business has been good. What I'd like to see is maybe a little spell of everyone giving credit where credit is due to, to Levy and the board because I think they deserve it this summer. Now, can I ask you very quickly before we do go for a break, which we do need to go for, I'm intrigued to ask you, Lee obviously asked you there about the window itself and what you feel we've done. Spurs, it feels like have changed tack slightly in terms of going for more of a data-driven model. It's that we've seen adopted by Brentford, by Brighton. In your time as a journalist, covering football the way you do and seeing transfers, are we in like a new, is it a new era Dow, or is that something that always has been looked at quite specific in terms of data driven when it comes to transfers or is this a new modern era thing that we're now seeing that scouting from a wide scouting wise this is going to be the modern way forward because we've seen Brighton do it so successfully and continue to have a growth season upon season I, I, I think you're right there used to there was a long long period where there were managers like Harry Redknapp who basically would say I like to judge a player go and see a player there's no substitute for all of the things that if you like the older school would would look at but now we we've moved towards a period where one man that there isn't now a club in the premier league where one man makes decisions about all the players uh, it's a it's a collaborative approach uh, there are data um analysts there are um people who look at the players temperament there are all sorts of uh people who come together um just so that you know, this is uh, a live radio or TV. I've got to put the battery in. We'll just go for a quick break. <laughs> this is where we do need the adverts, don't we? This is where we do need the adverts. Sorry about that. I just want to add this vision of now, Everyone loves raw material here. At least it's raw, right? I can't let you carry on. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Sorry. Please continue. Um, Please continue. But no, do you know, I, I love the fact that the club have gone to this data-driven model because why go and pay huge amounts of money to your Brightons, to your Brentfords, to your Southamptons, when you guys can go out there and do it yourselves? And I've said for a long time, if you think about Chelsea, Chelsea have paid nearly a quarter of a billion pounds to Brighton, either for players for their coaching staff, for their manager. And and they don't have a, a sloppy academy system. They've got a fantastic account, uh, academy system, fantastic scouting system. But why is it the case that you've got to go and spend a king's ransom pinching players from a club uh, down the M... Is it the M4? <laughs> I can't remember what motorway it is now. Which motorway is it? What is it? M3. M3. M23. That's it. 
Um, but no, in a word, I know you've got to go to the break. So yes, I'm sure we can go into it a little bit more on the other side. Absolutely. Listen, what we are going to do, we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners on audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Join back along some of the wonderful Lee McQueen. And look, the main man this evening, back on last one on Spurs, with the wonderful Darren Lewis. A lot of love for Darren in the comments. Isn't it funny that when the guests come on, um, people pick up from where they left off. Lots of people just reminding Darren of when he was last on, the difference in the mood. And so much love for you out there, Darren. Also, say again, massive thank you to all watching audience. Over a thousand plus of you watching us live across all of our platforms. Again, thank you so much for all your continued support for the show look we're battling live football we've still got over a thousand of you what can i say again really really humbled by the amount of love that we're getting for this show and again thank you to everybody that's stopping me on the commute on the way to work and i'm sorry if i'm tired up kind of 10 past seven in the morning half past if i look really, really tired don't be afraid to come over and chat probably not the most chatty that i would normally be but come and have a chat if you want to have a chat about spurs if we can't have he's a chat now in the shows viewers and listeners he's only stopped editing the shows about 20 minutes before you see yeah, him yeah I've, I've, I've got out there I've come out and I've seen you on the commute so guys thank you so much for all your amazing support look it wouldn't be the way it is we wouldn't be getting someone like Darren blessing for what how much this show has grown so again thank you so much and Dale thank you so much for all your time so we've dived a little bit deep into the window so far I'm intrigued to ask if I can. Uh, before the initial uh, window opened, it was widely reported Spurs were plotting to sign a goalkeeper. You could say they tick that box. Predominantly a couple of centre-backs who can play left and right-sided roles for Postacoglu in that central duo. Uh, again, you can maybe say they've ticked at least one of those boxes, of course, with Mickey van der Ven coming in. They've got young Ashley Phillips as well. Uh, potentially a winger. You'd say really Man of Solomon fills that role with Lucas Mora departing the football club. And Spurs have finally got their creative midfielder in James Madison, but the club decided to sell the greatest striker in the world. It's only something that could do that. We wait six, seven years for a lock picker. We get the lock picker and then we throw the actual... <laughs> I still can't believe that. We will come on to him. Don't get me wrong. We will come on to him towards the end of the show so it doesn't derail us too much. But um, overall, Dale, would you... I mean, from what you've heard from the grapevine, are those the kind of positions that you thought Spurs would target? And maybe a cheeky one to ask you between now and the end of the window, should we keep our eye out for anything else other than those positions? No, I, I think you should keep your eye out for, for more because you do need more. You do need uh, more depth in that creative midfield position. You've been crying out for uh, somebody to come in. I, I did see a few whispers for Tielemans and I thought he would have been a good one. But I, I think when you look at the impact or lack of that Tielemans has made so far at Villa and then you look, thank you for all those people telling me it's the M3 to Southampton. <laughs> 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 um the, 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 when you look at the and, and then you look at the impact that Madison's made, and, and you know why as well. I think Madison's been a great signing for you guys in the European Championship. Yeah, he's hungry. He's at it. He's got something to prove. This is the the, the common theme running through a lot of the players that you guys have, have, have brought in. They're hungry to do well for the football club. No one is coming kind of feeling I'm doing Spurs a favor. They're lucky to get me. You know, they all want to prove themselves, and that's the 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 sign for me of of a squad uh, that's going to be at it this season. I remember saying, you know, I do the Sky show on a Sunday morning and I remember saying last week, 
I don't buy into this negativity around the loss of Harry Kane. Personally, I think you've needed to rip the plaster off for a long time because he owes the club nothing. Um, he's scored. I should build a statue for him, the amount of goals he scored for you. But the team just wasn't built around him to 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 translate those goals into silverware or you know Champions League football. But the players that you have signed this season have been, I don't want to worry you guys, but you 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 might, there's some good news over at um, Crystal Palace. Arsenal have just had a player sent off. So um, <laughs> I thought you'd like that. I think in terms of the signings that you have made so far, you're in a really good place. That It's not knee-jerk, it's not panic. I even like the fact that there's been some suggestion that Alejo Velez, the player that you've signed from Rosario, they're going to give him a few months before they plunge him in um, and, and, he, and he plays. Now, I'm kind of in two minds about that because on the one hand, I, I don't want to see you guys buying players that suddenly we don't ever see again. You know, you've had your fair few of those um, that, you know, players that have come in a bit of a gamble. Then you, Brian Hill, for example, you didn't see him for ages, did you? And then he looked a bit too lightweight for the Premier League. Um but on the other hand, you know, it's a lot to ask a player to come from the other side of the world and suddenly be involved in what is a very physical, very fast league. So maybe he does need a bit of time. But all of the players you signed, Man of Solomon, I thought was a steal from Fulham. You look at the game time he had last season, the impact he had at Fulham. He had that run of games where he couldn't stop scoring, didn't he? He looks like a super player. But I still think you need depth cover. La Celso is quite interesting because he's come back to the club after doing well at Villarreal where it looked like a good fit, but he's never really, for me, looked like a good fit for Spurs. I know a lot of people might disagree with that. Um, so I, I, I just think maybe he's another who could possibly do with um, being replaced, controversial. Um, and I think you need a little bit more depth up front in that striker position too. Maybe one or two about. gifts coming in. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Work yeah. We've well, done there. Like that, like that. What a uh, teaser. We, 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 that is a proper <laughs> teaser because everyone's talking about it in a group. But before we go on to gifts and anything else that might uh, might happen, um, we, we've we obviously strengthened in our defensive. We just talked about and kind of you talking about ripping off the plaster. And, um, you know, we, we have to, as a club, get rid. It sounds horrible getting rid, but we have to do move some players out. Let's be brutally honest about it. We need to move out the likes of Hugo Lloris, Jed Spence, Eric Dyer, who's actually incidentally been left out of the last two Spurs squad squads completely. Jaffet Tanganga, Sogo Regulong, Harvey White, potentially on a loan, maybe and Bella. I know Rick, you're going to wax lyrical about him in a minute. But how, how confident are you, Darren, that that all of these types of I go peripheral players now, players that have been at the club for a long time, got deep respect for, but actually do need to move on. Not not only for for a fresh start, but also for their own careers. And also as well, in terms of midfield creativity, have we got some gifts or some other people potentially coming into the football club that you can give us some uh, some little nibbles on, Darren? <laughs> Well, Gift Orban, obviously, is the player that everyone's been talking about. He looks like a player with a very big ceiling. He's been scoring goals for fun in Belgium, uh, and the club do like him. Uh, and they've looked at him. And uh, personally, I hope the club don't make the kind of mistake they made with Jack Grealish, where it was £30 million deal. 
and there was a lot of haggling and then suddenly uh, the big boys came into play whereas if they were quite decisive they could have put the money down and signed him and at least you would have got a big fee for him when eventually he had moved on to a bigger club gift orban is almost in that kind of category because they want around about 25 30 million pounds for him and it does seem like a lot of money for a 20 year old maybe you could do something structured but given the goal record given his physicality and his potential to improve and the fact that he falls in the category of young players you know early 20s that Postacoglu could work with and make better um i i think he is uh, as somebody worth investing in and the problem that you do have as well is that a lot of clubs want a number nine want a forward so if you wait too long somebody could come in make him an offer he can't refuse and then suddenly you're, you're, you're back to square one but is there that much center forward talent out there we were having this conversation we were just interacting with you we were having this conversation weren't we on the whatsapp group earlier because you know, when you look at the top five leagues across Europe and then you, you the top one or two strikers in each of them, I don't know, maybe top four, top five clubs across them leagues, what what one screams out at you and says, world class, we need that guy? Well, we just sold him. Put, you know, put, you know, that's probably the one. But what, what else after that? There's maybe a handful, but but there's no there's no one that's really screaming out. I mean, you look at Jesus as an example. Brilliant player for Man City, injured quite a lot, you know, bit part player. Signs for Arsenal, brilliant in patches, injured last season for three months, injured again already. You know, so there's, you know, even even a Jesus or of a Charlton, 60 million, 50 plus add-ons, brilliant. Yeah, but what did you say, Rick Early? 13 Premier League goals is a goal return from Richarlison. The best ever, yeah. It's best ever goal return. Really You're looking at the guy that Manchester United just purchased, 72 million, because he looks and maybe sounds like Haaland. <laughs> that's my view to be fair you know I'm being a bit um, uh, facetious, facetious of a little bit but yeah I am being facetious well, yeah, I, I think you're only a bit facetious I mean 72 million pounds for a player who scored nine Serie A goals last season I don't care what he does it's a lot of money it's, you know I have no compunction about saying it's a, it's a lot it's I a remember lot a lot of I remember when, when was it when Robbie King was playing for you guys and there was talk that he could go man no he's at Wolves and it was talking go could go Man United for six million pounds, and so Alex Ferguson famously said, "I'll pay six hundred thousand for him and put him in the reserves, and if he proves himself, then fair enough. But I'm not paying six million pounds, whereas we're paying seventy two. And you know, people say, "Oh, well, he's going to come good." Well, they said that about Marshall when they paid fifty seven million pounds for him. They yeah. said that about the. I mean, I am a Sancho fan, but seventy odd million pounds, it might have been a little bit more. Jury's out on him. Anthony is never a seventy-two million pound winger, never, <laughs> and it's an indication of the of, of the ludicrous money that's floating around. But there are one or two players where, if you can do incentivized deals for sensible money, and this is where I'm not being funny, and I know that there's one. I see one or two familiar faces in in, in the comments, so they'll know what my view is on this. This is where I rate Brighton and I rate Brentford because they go out. And they do that work. They work on that data set and they get those players and then they give them that time. And I, I almost hope you guys get back to the days where under Pochettino, he could bring players in or promote players from the academy and almost manage the fan base by saying, look, there are players around who fit into my system. I don't have to spend big. Yeah. I can spend cheap and get players in. And please don't be underwhelmed. 
You know why? Look at Manchester City. Alvarez costs fourteen million pounds. Yeah, the bargains are out there. You know, you look at the many players in the Asian league that are cheap. You know, this boy who Liverpool have just signed, Endo, Wataro Endo, costs sixteen yeah. million pounds. Mm. The players are out there, but it's just that everyone seems to believe that you have to show your ambition to the fan base by spending 40 50 60 70 80 million pounds i i'm 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 not necessarily a fan of that i i think the brighton and the and the brentford models uh, uh, it seems an obvious thing to say you know because obviously everyone's giving them credit and eventually club's luck does run out you look at southampton you look at one or two others but the bottom line is I would like to see you maybe take a chance on Orban rather than him go to a, a, a smaller club and you guys having to pay 60, 70, 80 million pounds for him in a year's time or two years' time. Which is what have, will happen, spot on. Yeah, do you have the feeling, Dal, that this is the window for him to move? Do you think this is most likely where, where he will move or do you think he needs a bit more time over there? What, what do you think in your mind? Do you think this will be the window of opportunity for him? Well, the indications over there are that he wants to move. He wants a Premier League right. move. He knows about the Premier League interest and he wants yep. to move. Um, okay, and I, I think as far as he is concerned, um, I yeah, I think yes, I think it is the the time for him to move. A because he'd get the game time, you know. Because if you guys go and sort yourselves out, if West Ham go and sort themselves out, Chelsea are going to get Nkunku back next season. But by then, if you go to, for example, a Chelsea, if you're a striker and you're a young striker, you will get the game time because Nicholas Jackson can't play all the games. You know, one or two of the other clubs who, who, who want him, they've got that space for an Orban to go to and play regular first team football. Um, will that be there in 12 months time? You know, you don't know. So for me, I think this is the right time for him to move. It's I'm conscious just- doubt. Oh, sorry, I know you're conscious of time, probably, Derek. But just, just quickly, it's a fascinating debate and a, and a fascinating discussion around Harry Kane moving on. Has that opened up an opportunity for others to say, oh, actually, no, I will come to Tottenham now. I mean, you look at Ivan Tony. I know he's, he's had his troubles with a ban and all that sort of stuff, and he's come out publicly, had his say on Stephen Barlett's show this week. Um, you, you look at Ollie Watkins, which has been... Uh, his name's been touted in the comments as we're talking about a potential striker coming in. He would be brilliant for Spurs. I'm not saying Villa would sell him. Both both come through um, uh, lower league teams uh, to to come up uh, and to to go to their respective teams. You you look at a, a kind of a gift or ban. Would would gift be looking at a Tottenham Kane still there and Richardson? Probably not. He probably goes to Fulham to to, to replace Mitrovic. But now he's looking at any game. Well, actually, I've got an opportunity now because no one was replacing, uh, um, uh, replacing or displacing Kane. And now Kane's not there. People were, and it's time for Richie to step up. But it's also there was a time where we had Robbie Keane and Darren Bent and Berbatov and Jermaine and Defoe, Defoe, four, four strikers. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Isn't it unbelievable when you think about that? Yeah, and like we just for for the last decade we've had we've had Kane, who is in my opinion the best number nine in the world, but we've only had one of him. We haven't had to to be able to share that responsibility around. Does yeah. that make sense? So maybe it is the opportune time, not only for gift but also for um, for Tottenham to to get in an influx, if you like, of look at me an influx. I'm thinking, well, we're going to get five or six strikers in now, but maybe get <laughs> a couple of decent strikers in now because they've all got an opportunity to make that that shirt Absolutely. their own. If you know what I mean. Absolutely, and and you know, I I think 
the one thing I hope you guys learned from at, at finally after Carrick, Berbatov, Bale, Modric, and now Kane is you cannot find yourselves where you're 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 beholden to one player again. You've got yeah. to build a team that grows together. Um, that competes for titles and suggests that as a club you can compete for silverware. Um, and Orban would fall into that. It's all a very big scenario. But certainly in terms of a player that could come in and grow with the team, it would mean that you've got somebody who's young and learning the, uh, the game and then somebody who's slightly older who's been to a World Cup in, in Charleston. Now, let's not kid ourselves. You still have Troy Parrott, you still have Dane Scarlett. For me, they look capable, but the suggestion might, is that it's likely Troy will go out on loan again. Um, I don't know if Dane's been given the squad numbers yet, um, but the uncertainty around them suggests to me that maybe that I, I'm not sure. I, I think Ange isn't quite certain about them, um, even though to me, Troy looks like a good player. Um and yeah, we know what he's yeah. done at international level as well. But certainly, I think as far as you were saying before, you are a club that has had that depth up front before and you don't have it anymore. And yep. so to bring in a young player who can come on as an impact player at the end of games, you know, last 20 minutes, you know, see what he can do, see if he can cope. Um, and give him that game time just like stars getting now and being better for it, just like Pissouma's getting, you know, it's a dereliction of duty to have such capable players and not play them last season, as was the case. But if you get an Orban in and if he's got the, if he can come into a side that's as confident as yours is at the moment, you know, on the back of a win that you've had and you've got to look at the Bournemouth game as one that you could go to and win as well. If you've got a player, a young player coming into that with the feel-good factor and the good man management that Postacoglu's got, maybe he could hit the ground running. Hello, this is Russ Williams from the Last Word on Spurs. And I just wanted to tell you about my brand new book, Sad But True. 100 sad but true stories from around the world. Like Chinese marathon runner, 50-year-old Uncle Chen, who competed in a local marathon race and chain-smoked cigarettes the entire way round. He finished the race in a very respectable three hours and 28 minutes. And from South Wales, the story of Leon Gleed, who burned his bum when he used Tesco toilet cleaning wipes instead of normal toilet paper. No permanent damage was done. Sad but true. Don't go to the loo without it. Out now on Amazon Kindle. Now I could talk to you for hours, but I know we're, we're fairly limited on time. I know we could talk, we could talk for hours. We could, we could, but we've all got we've all got marriages that could easily fall apart if this does happen. So <laughs> now I want to ask you, um, Lee, briefly mentioned there. Just you can give me one word on this. Uh, as hard, <laughs> we're all talkers. How can we get one word only on this? But the outgoings. These are they're about defenders. I mean, I've got to say very quickly. I am so upset. So upset and Dombele is not taking this opportunity. I know Ali, bless him, was saying a similar on it. I'm so upset. A player with mm. such unbelievable talent as just, it seems again, just, I want, again, I don't want to use the word down tools because I'm not there to watch him, but it feels that, again, doesn't fancy it. And it's a real, real shame. I mean, in terms of outgoings in general, Dow, do you feel that will be a control over the window for the rest of the time? Are you concerned that? Because I think we've got around a 38, 39-man squad 
there needs to be a real emphasis now. And Poster Collier said it, we need to get players out before we do think about bringing players in, just to balance the squad size, if anything, Dal. Yeah, I think you've got six foreign players that you've got to get out of the squad. Mm. Um, yep. So, uh, they, they, yeah, and although Sanchez looks as though he's done well, I think he it's time for him to move on. He doesn't want to go Spartak Moscow, but I think you've got to get something for the £57 million that he spent on him. And even if it's a cut price, £11, £12 million, you've got to do something that he's just not a good fit for Spurs. He tries for his life, but he always seems to make that one mistake that costs you goals. And I think if you've got Tapsoba out there that you could bring in as a replacement, then you've got to do that. I think as far as Ndombele is concerned, I agree with you. It's a bitter, bitter disappointment that he's not taking the opportunities given to him, particularly this one with a, a manager who, if you show the right attitude and almost the discipline and willingness to work, you'll get the support. But yeah. I wonder in years to come, we might well see that there are issues. We've learned, haven't we, with we Delhi, that Most sometimes certainly. we can right. judge things at face value yeah. and we don't yeah. know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So Great it point. might well be yeah. the case that we could possibly cut him a bit of slack and, yeah. you know, for him, it might just be better to part ways, let him go and move on. Um, I was saying before, Dyer's in the last year of his contract. I think it might be the case that you get something for him and move him on. Although, from what I gather, he, he would only go out on loan. I don't think he wants to be sold as mm. yet because he wants no, to have right. the option of deciding what, where he goes. That's, what, that's what we're hearing. Yep, yep. Um, I think... There are one or two others. Hoiberg, I think, yeah. wants to go. Yep. Um, and again, if, if, if Hoiberg were to go, um, uh, I mean, you do have that depth in midfield because obviously Benton Kerr you should have back. Um, well, he won't been... be ready. He won't be anywhere no. near ready to play. Yep. To, 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 but I mean, he, he's on the way back. Skip, I like yep. still, even though. He, 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 He's committed and he's willing. He probably doesn't have the class of one, of one or two of the senior players, but he's a very good player. Um, maybe you need a little bit more depth. I definitely think you need a bit more depth in that creative midfield position. I'm very fascinated by that Ajax deal that West Ham are trying to do for Mohamed Kudus, because to me, he looks a little bit like oh, a Spurs player. I agree. Um, I agree. I mean, is, is it up? Was around fourteen million? Is it down that one? It's a quite. Mm. A, it's quite a hefty figure, isn't it? Forty. I mean, I'm just. Well, I should, is it hefty when they've got hundred million for Harry Kane? I'm not sure if it is hefty, but again, Potter Cogler seems to be indicating that they already knew Harry was going to leave, and therefore the money that's been generated by Harry's deal has already been taken into account by what they've done over the summer. Which I'm not sure about that. I don't know if Lee's got an opinion on that. I'm, I'm... But 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 I, look, I think the best business you've done already really, because you've rebuilt yep. that defence. That's what you've needed to do. Everyone's talking about how you're going to replace Harry Kane's goals, right? But the fact is that you have needed to sort out that defence. You were losing to Wolves in Southampton, you know, back end of two seasons ago. Last season, you were one of the easiest teams to play against in the Premier League. You have been crying out, not just to re repair that defence, but also that midfield in front of the defence because we were saying before we went to air I remember the days when you guys had Wanyama and Moussa Dembele in front of the back four and nobody could get past you you know I remember when Pochettino was at Southampton and he had Schneidlin and uh, Wanyama as well actually um, yeah. and again 
those both those players earned Lovren a twenty million pound move to Liverpool. Uh, because they were that good in front of the back four. And you guys need that protection in front of that back four uh, if you're going to do anything this season because you were too easy to play against. So I'm not that worried about up top. You've got players who will come good. Son was winning games when Harry Kane wasn't playing in the last few seasons, if you recall. I remember you beating Manchester City with Son playing mm. on his own up front without Harry That's Kane. Um, yep. So, but... but I, 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 Honestly, I, I don't want to come on here and say, oh, well, they've, they've done well, but they've got to get more and they've got to do... I, I think where you what you build on now, it should be with sensible recruitment, not panicking, but bringing in players to supplement what you've got rather than thinking the fan base is still not quite happy. We've got to go out and get a £40 million player for appearances. That creative midfield position, yeah, I do think you need a little bit of depth there. And the fact that you've got... Madison, who's English, so you could bring in somebody from another league who could have that time just to bed in while Madison plays, you know, is your number one guy. But then eventually he comes in and, and gives you that depth. Um, it, maybe that's the case, but you do need players coming in. Just on that, Jeremy Doku, is that, is that a, a, a player? I think, I think of, no in, chance. In, in, no chance he's going to Man City for £55 million. Pounds. No chance. So he's gone. No what about Eze? Obviously playing tonight. He's not playing brilliantly well, but uh, Ebrechi Eze from, from Palace, he's been muted around. Do you think there's a chance on that one? Eze is a good player. I think he'd cost a huge amount of money because Palace can afford to ask for a huge amount of money for him. Um, and uh, I think he might be out of Tottenham's price range. Um, also, if you think about the fact that Palace are getting players like Michael Elise to sign new contracts. Mm. And also, Eze enjoys playing for Roy Hodgson. He really gets the best out of him. Interesting. Um, okay. He's in a settled side. It costs a huge amount of money. Brennan Johnson, Avengers Dow, a name that keeps being banded around this window. Forrest, maybe. We're hearing some interest. Maybe Forrest might have been in Dombele. <laughs> Again, this is coming over to us on this evening. Do you think there's a deal that might be done there? Do you think? Can you see Brennan Johnson leaving? He's, he's quite an influential player there for Forest. Obviously, he's one that's loved by the fans. Is he a player that you could see leaving this window for the right price, Brennan Johnson? He would be a big player for Cooper to lose, wouldn't he? Um, just in terms of someone on your chats just asked about Laporte, by the way. Laporte's going to Saudi. Um, I think yeah. Al Nasser trying to sign him, so that's not yep. going to happen. Also, his wages, you guys wouldn't be able to get near that. Um, not not even going to Saudi, not. <laughs> no, no, no chance, no chance. Definitely, definitely I, before I know, now definitely not, 100%. Let me just check my phone that Saudi's not ringing me. Uh, <laughs> Can you um, check they're not ringing me as well now and check for me as well? If they um, are, we'll get on the paper, we'll all go. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them if I ask them if I can bring my mates. Um, please do, please do. We'll just be, we'll just be runners now. We'll, we'll take the cycles <laughs> over there, we'll just be runners in the backstage for you. We'll, do, we'll bring the coffees with everything you want. running over there. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I think as far as Brendan Johnson's concerned, it's an interesting one. I'm not so sure Brendan Johnson scores enough goals as yet. I think he, he's, a, he's a decent player. I see him missing sitters at the moment for Forrest. I saw him miss one um, last week against Arsenal. Would have been the first goal in the game and would completely have changed um, the, the direction of travel, if you like, in the match. He's a decent player. I, I think he's still learning the game and he needs to get um, regular first team football to improve in the way that he is. 
But some big clubs have looked at him. Now, the only thing I would say is, you know, just because some big clubs that look, have looked at him, does that mean he's ready now for a big move? Um, and you know, football sometimes can be the emperor's new clothes. Um, I remember when I, I, you haven't got a lot of time, so I'll probably better not start telling you stories. But um, oh, all you I can't do say, this to us now. <laughs> you can, you, it does no, no. <laughs> Next time, next time I come, and I'll tell you some more But all I'll say is that I, I like Brennan Johnson, and I, clearly there is interest in Brennan Johnson. But I, I'm not. First of all, I think. Forest would charge a lot of money for him, would want justifiably a lot of money for him. And second of all, he would want regular first team football. And I think in Tottenham's team, he wouldn't get that with Richarlison playing up front. Okay. Now we're going to keep it to two last questions, if you don't mind. I know we've talked about a little bit tonight, Harry Kane. Um, I do want to ask you just if you were surprised that he decided to swap the Premier League for the Bundesliga, because of course, in 12 months' time, he could have had the pick of where he wanted to go. And again, maybe I'm just, again, riding the wave of Manchester United that now in reflection, I just thought it probably was the best time it could have happened with Spurs changing their whole tactical system and approach that you've now got Postacoglu, which actually is the leader you'd say at the football club. Whereas if Harry had stayed, it feels like everything would have maybe still gone through Harry. Because Harry, I think, as you kind of referenced there, in the most, if I put it in the most politest way, Harry was the main man at Tottenham. Everything was Harry Kane. And like you said, there probably will be a statue outside at some point of the building of him. So I'm really intrigued to know whether you feel for Harry's career, it was the right move. And whether you do back Spurs to find a way to accommodate for those goals that they are going to essentially lose, what, 25, 30 a season. Love to get your thoughts on that. And then we will close the show with just a final question to you. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the only thing that surprised me about the Harry Kane move um, I have to say, is that the, the chairman did a superb, superb job to get as much money as he did because I thought a lot of clubs would wait until the end of the window and maybe take a liberty and say, look, we'll offer you 30, 40 million pounds. We, we know he's not going to sign a new contract. If you don't take this money, then you risk losing him for free next summer. Uh, that's what I, I expected to happen. But clearly, Bayern need somebody to replace Robert Lewandowski. They've never had that. They were lucky to win the league last season because Dortmund blew it on the final day. And they clearly wanted Kane to be that guy. Am I surprised that he's gone? Well, as even taking into account everything you say, and I, you know, I don't want to come on here and just say what you guys would expect me to say because we're all mates. I still think it was the right thing for him to do to go. He'd scored a lot of goals um, and he'd done right by the club for the best part of 10 years. And 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 he'd taken gambles, really, that the club was going to build a team capable of, of turning those goals into silverware and the club never did. And he doesn't want to be an Aubameyang who ends his career with either very little silverware or, or the acrimony that came with the end of Aubameyang's career, you know, where um, he just lost a bit of heart. He's now at Marseille. <clears throat> and it's all gone, you know, it all went very wrong, didn't it, at Arsenal for him. But I think as far as Kane is concerned, going to, to Bayern, and I do not want to disrespect Bayern here. They are top club. And, you, yeah, you can say they dominate the league, but he hasn't gone there to win the league. 
He's gone there to win the Champions League, not just to play in the Champions League, but to win it. When you think about when Bayern played City last season, yeah, City scored loads of goals, but Bayern had chances and they couldn't take them. They were missing sitters all over the place. And with Kane in that team, that won't be the case. He's already scored, as you guys all know, on, on, on last Friday night against Werder Bremen, and he'll score goals for fun for them. So am I surprised he's gone there? No chance. They've paid him a huge amount of money. He's got a fantastic team of willing runners. He's got so much pace in that team. You know he hasn't got that much pace, but he's got so many willing runners around him. Coma on one side, Sane. Uh, he's even got fast defenders, Alfonso Davis. He's got creativity in midfield as well. He's got everything lined up for him to get goals and they'll win the league and they'll win the, that they'll compete for the Champions League. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. Not so that was my final question. I lied very quickly, Dow. Do you think you'll see him back in the Premier League? Got to ask you that. Oh, that's a, that's a question. Um, possibly, but you know, again, I, I I thought there's something a little bit sad about Gareth Bale coming back to Spurs. Um, I saw the triumphalism around it, but for me, you can never really go back. Um, the only one that I can really remember in terms of a player going back in it kind of working out to a certain extent with Drogba at Chelsea. But I can't remember really too many outstanding players who've gone back to the club where they were brilliant and it, it all worked out. And I thought there was something quite sad about Bale. I, he possibly might come back to the Premier League, but I think he'll probably stay in Germany. You saw the way that Lewandowski's looked after himself and he's he's nearly as old as me now. And, um, you know, he's, he's doing fantastic um, and he's gone to Barcelona and he's won them the league as well. So the way that they help you to prolong your career in Germany, I think he's likely to stay there or go to another European club rather than come back to the Premier League. Interesting. Lee, let's have you Mac and I close it. Sweet. So, uh, I mean, two final questions, I suppose, in, in, in terms of closing it. And this was, would have been yours, Rick, but I've obviously gone off, gone off piste. What do you feel, Darren, constitutes success for Spurs in this Ange Postacoglu's first season? Uh, it's always a favourite question. Obviously, we like to ask everybody that comes onto the show. But how many players do you think Spurs will sign between now and the deadline? And what constitutes a successful season for, let's be honest, Big Ange? What are we going to do? I mean, talk to us about trophies. We can only potentially go for three. And one of them is a league. So, you know, we can rule that one out. Can we, yeah, shall we? Darren, tell us. Darren, tell us. I think... Uh, uh, <laughs> I love that. He's picking his willingness now. He's terrified what's going to come next. Top 10, top ten finish. Top 10 finish, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, no. I'll tell you what. i tell you what, I don't. I, I think you could potentially do better than a top 10 finish. Uh, I, I think you could finish in the Europa League this season. I, I think that outside of that top five, you're as good as anything, um, particularly under Postacoglu. What I, I think he will aim to do very, very quickly is make your home ground a fortress. That's what he did at Celtic. I think that's what we'd be looking to do with you. Make it really, really hard again to go to Spurs. I remember in that first season under Pochettino, 
you had the joint best defensive record in the Premier League. And in the second season, it was the best defence outright. And it was such a difficult place to go. And I think that's what he's going to try to do this time around. Um, I think a... I think you could look at Europa League and maybe a cup. I think you'd be serious contenders in the cup if you're lucky with some draws. And, you, you know, you get, a, 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 you, you know, I mean, some of the bigger clubs always seem to kind of be lucky with home games and whatever. If you're lucky with a draw, you can get maybe quite deep. Got Fulham away in the, in the Carabao Cup. I mean, that, that's not an easy tie, is it? We could have, we could have got Scumthorpe or whatever well, in round two, be fair, been Fulham away under the lights. I mean, that's tough. To be, to be fair, um, Silver could be in Saudi by then. William could be in Saudi by then. Uh, Mitrovic true. is already in Saudi at the moment. So I think... Tosin yeah, could be their... playing for us. Tosin well, exactly. could be playing for us. Tosin could be playing for Monaco. Uh, exactly. It could be a very different side that you, Fulham side that you line up against. Um, and also, you know, I saw you guys away from home at Brentford. Uh, you were, you were a, yeah. a, a Davinson Sanchez mistake away from winning that game. Um, so yeah. I, I don't think you're that bad on the road as you were last time out. So in, in short, I think, what can you do this season? Europa League and a cup. Um, will you bring in more players? I expect you to bring in another defender, another creative midfielder and another striker. I think you're well set at fullback. You've got two on either side. Um, I think you'll let some players go, the deadwood. And I think by the time the window closes, it will be a much younger squad, much more energetic squad and a squad of grafters, a squad of real grafters. And I'll tell you one other thing I expect. I think Richarlison will have a better season than people give him credit for. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I'm backing him as well, mate. I, I agree with that. Can I just ask, uh, probe you a little bit into into the, the, the delving, your little book of knowledge, Darren, on, on transfers <laughs> and players. Do you expect that centre-back to come in to be a, a tap-sober type or, or are we going to end up with signing Longley? That, I, that's a really good question because I think you do need that strength and depth at centre-back. You've got it at, at either full-back. But at the moment, without Romero, you've got to put in uh, a Sanchez. I'm not... I, I don't think Longley is good enough to play for you guys. No, I, I agree. I, 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 I'll be frank about that. He, yes, especially in the system as well. I mean, for, exactly. for that yard, of space behind you, he, he ain't sprinting back like Van der Ven, is he? Exactly. Um, I, I think as far as the, the, the centre-back positions are concerned. The thing about Postacoglu I really like is that he's very open and honest um, uh, and very clear about what his vision is as well. Um, and it's, it's all common sense approaches to recruitment under Postacoglu and that's why I think those positions are going to be addressed because you can play terrific football at the football club but if you haven't got the foundation the defensive foundations you're gonna you know you go all the way back to the early 90s where you know Aussie was playing four up front you know and and, and you know the front six. Yeah, and you were trying, famous you know, five, famous five exactly you know and and yeah you know you, you're going to enjoy it and going to get bang for your buck but at the end of the day you're not going to have those defensive foundations and I think what you've done so far is really promising uh, Ashley Phillips coming in is very much an unknown quantity good in the championship but you guys yeah. keep buying players in the championship that don't quite make the step up to the Premier yeah. League uh, and that's the only thing that concerns me um, uh, you know people are saying on the chat why didn't you get Alex Scott again is Alex Scott going to be better 
for example, then a Bentinka, then a then a Saar, then a then a then a Basuma. You know, where is he going to be in terms of the pecking order? He, he's got to play to continue that trajectory. Um, so yeah, I, I expect you guys to bring some players in. I would, if I was to offer something, I'll give you this. I think maybe he'll bring in a player from the Asian market before the interesting. End of the well. One to keep an eye on. Dale, we always say an hour. It never is an hour, but we never, ever mind it at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, where can we find you, Dale? I don't know where people don't know where they can. I don't know how no, 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 I don't know how no one knows where to find you, but where can they find you if they haven't found you already? What have they been doing with their lives if they haven't found you? My God, where can they find you? Right, at Mirror Darren uh, on Twitter, obviously at the Daily Mirror. Uh, Sky Sports uh, News on a Sunday morning uh, between 10 and 12 on Super Sunday Match Day. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you guys and to all oh, the people who gave me directions to Brighton's ground and told me the right way to go to. <laughs> I'm very, very grateful. And also one other thing, they are absolutely right. Mrs. Lewis does wear the trousers in this house. <laughs> Always important to get that in right before the end, because otherwise, when we do finish, likewise, those are the conversations everyone needs to know, wants to know, and it's actually live. It cannot be edited or taken out. So, Al, thank you ever so much. We look forward, as always, having Thanks, you join man. us back on. Is it nice to have Darren Lewis on during a happy period, Lee? You know, the poor man it's has lovely, had some really <laughs> tough periods. He's come on during a happy period. Make it work. Um, very, very quickly, very quickly. There was a guy, there's a guy who I know, and I probably better not name his name in, but... Um, when obviously you guys weren't doing so well, you know, every time I saw him, he had a big smile on his face. He's, and I saw him the other day and I said to him, um, how you doing? And he said, bleeping terrible. And I said, why? And he said, they've won. They've been doing fantastic. I can't get any work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the love of a Tottenham fan. Can't make it up. Can't make it up. Whenever no. everyone win, lose, there you go. Listen, I want to say massive thank you, Lee. Thank you so much, mate. Absolute pleasure. Listen, it's been a great show. The wonderful Darren Lewis from The Mirror. Dow, thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for all your support. All you thousands that have been watching us tonight, thank you so much. Listen, we're back with you very, very soon. But as always, from myself, from Lee, from the wonderful Darren Lewis, guys, have been the last one on Spurs. Please keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on you, Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.